Hey everyone, welcome to the MTG Painful Truths Podcast. This is episode number 15. I'm your host, Britt Wagner. Joining me is my co-host, Cole. Cole, how have you been, bud? Hey, good. You know, um, I used to, you know, trash on this format all the time, but I've been playing a lot more historic, so. Yeah? How's that been? Uh, you know, besides Phoenix being literally everywhere every day of my life, uh, it's it's been good. I've been watching a lot of, I, I don't, I'm not invested in historic at all, but I watch my buddy play sometimes. He He's basically playing Tron with just a bunch of two mana rocks. Yeah, I have that uh, deck. The deck's fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, Karn, Ug, it's just like, Ugin wins the game. Like, it's the same, it's very much the same deck. It's it's really fun. Uh, I don't know if it, how good it is, but it certainly can just like, if you get Ugin, you win. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's been a. It's fun to watch him, and he also has Bolas as as a brawl deck, and that's brawl's pretty co- pretty cool. I'll I'll say that brawl is pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't played a lot of brawl, but brawl looks fun. Uh, so we're gonna go over not too much this week, but we're gonna talk about the impact Kamigawa has already had in Pioneer and Modern specifically. Uh, it's really just taken it, kind of just almost like a rotation in Pioneer. It just so, like all, a lot of new decks are kind of have been spawned or changed to include uh, these these cards, and we're gonna go over a few modern decks, not too many uh, modern decks, and uh, talk about uh, some of the higher impact uh, things that we've seen with Kamigawa. So let's let's go ahead and jump right in, Cole. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a list uh, of five decks. The first one, this one is the one I really want to build. It's uh, basically uh, blue, white, and soul artifact. It soul started as a, a blue red uh, deck where and it had the uh, the deal five damage spell when you sack an artifact. I, I can't think of the name. Um, too bad because that's I I want plenty of games by casting that spell. But it's it's been blue white as kind of the primary um, way to build it and. In this deck, it has uh, Michiko's Rate of Truth. That's the uh, card that basically ge- gives uh, all that glitters on a creature on consecutive turns and then flips over to a creature that basically has that all that glitters. It gets plus one, plus one for each artifact enchantment uh, that you control. And that they just jam that into the blue-white and soul deck. That's about right. It, yeah. It's, it, it's pretty cool. It, it has like... Uh, two. It's it's actually even less all in on the insoul. It has the four insoul artifacts. Historically, it was that with a full place of the three mana creature that basically insoul's an artifact as well. Uh, this only has like the four insoul and then two black staff of water deeps. Ba- basically, it's yeah, blue you and then you, a four four. It's a four four. It's a, a little brother insoul artifact exactly. Uh but it's it's it is really cool to see this deck. It's actually number one on the Goldfish metagame. So it's it is a uh, it's it's seeing results based on that. It's always been cool for Insol, in my opinion, because like Insol's always been like that aggro deck in the format that like when it first started, it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it like it then it kind of just died for a long time, um, and or like you know being buried in the the tier three zone or whatever. It's just like never. I think burn kind of just usurped its spot. Yeah. 
And then it was kind of like, you know, Prismari Command came out and all these other really cool shatters. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I thought... One thing I thought was kind of cool in this deck, uh, specifically the list I'm seeing, but uh, it there's an artifact, or it has the equipment also from Kamigawa, uh, Eater of Virtue. This is one we didn't talk about last or um, on the last podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and go over what it is uh, real quick. Okay. Uh, it, it's a one-man artifact, Legendary. When equipped creature dies, exile it. Equipped creature gets plus two plus zero with the equipped cost of one. I think oh, that's the, think yeah that, the keywords of whatever yeah. whatever it took with it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, I I don't think that comes up too much, but I think something that I that I may have missed is just kind of how cheap it is to kind of uh, toss it around the board, which is that's why Ghost Fireblade was so good. It yeah, it was, it was just it, free for them. Yeah, you just it, it easily just throw it on something. You just throw it on Ginger Brute, and now Ginger Brute is unblockable, attacking for three each turn, or whatever, um, and Stone Cold Serpent, or whatever. So that, yeah. So that that was something that I think was missed. And yeah, like you said, if, if Ginger Brute dies, uh, it gets exiled by the Eater, and now the creature that gets it, it now has haste, as well as plus two, plus zero. Yeah. So it, it's pretty... Uh, I'm sure it comes up sometimes, but I think just being so cheap, it's kind of cool to see like this new artifact. A card that I thought was just, I thought it sucked, but um, it seems okay. Like it, it makes sense here, and I was I was way wrong about Ginger Brute too uh, when that was in in the best standard set of all time, Throne of Eldraine. <laughs> but, but I mean, it was just like a slippery little noodle that just dealt a lot of damage so yeah i also think you know you read ginger brute on the surface and you're like oh this card's like very medium right yeah this deck is one i want to get back uh bill i i I think the uh what i have currently sleeved up still has my smuggler's copter so it's it's been a minute jesus i know uh i guess i'm I'm gonna go ahead and jump over to the next deck uh and this is just basic bitch blue-white control in Pioneer. Uh, we're seeing a lot of the Wandering Emperor and March of Otherworldly Light. Uh, we talked about those last week, the white removal spell and then the uh, white Planeswalker spell from from last week. And we actually see, uh, or what I'm seeing in the most recent uh, challenge is uh, a, two copies of Farewell. That's the... Uh, I, I viewed it as the commander card where you just like get rid of everything. Um, but that's what we see here. The six mana exile, whatever is relevant, except planeswalkers can't get planeswalkers. Um, I, it's, it's pretty cool to see like how this has become like, we're, now we're seeing a, the wandering emperor come into play and it's just like a, I'm holding up, Something, if you don't do anything, I'll just create, flash this in and make a uh, 2-2. Very much like Gideon, Ally of Zendikar. Yeah. And it is a it is a card that will just eventually, but slowly win the game. It doesn't attack like Gideon does. Gideon, just the next turn, it's it's swinging for seven. It, it, that was pretty insane, but yeah, it's... Flash, man. I think this is something I definitely undervaluated. 
I think it's pretty good. Definitely, I agree. It definitely is one of those uh, one of those cards. Like I, I think the Wandering Emperor, I was super low on, honestly. Or I might have been high on it. I don't recall. <laughs> I did, uh, I, it, it's I've been back and forth on it. Um, um but yeah, it's it, I think it's just really cool to see those those uh how how much Kami, like once again how how big of an impact Kamigawa has already had in Pioneer. So I'm gonna go ahead and move on to the next deck. Uh, and this is just Jun, this is just Jun's sacrifice. Uh, this this one I may kind of bundle in uh, also like Black Red Sacrifice. That was kind of a a big deck uh, early with on- Onicult Anvil. That's kind of the the shining star of this deck. Uh, this one actually, Cole, we did miss. And I feel bad about it because it's like as soon as I missed it. Like when we were finished recording, I was like, "Oh man, we I missed a good one." Uh, so I'll go over it real quick. It's this black red artifact. Uh, oh, did, we yeah. talked about it. Did we? I don't think we did. I thought we did. The oni. I yeah, know, uh, it's like limited bombshell. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but basically, when an artifact leaves the battlefield uh, during your turn, you get you get a one one construct token that only happens once a turn, and you could tap sack it. It deals one, you gain one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I this. I mean, it's, it is good. I I think we. It doesn't matter, but it's it's kind of cool to see here. And now we're seeing the Jun Sack actually running Karn the Great Creator as well, which is kind of wild to see kind of that kind of transformation. Are they really running Karn? Uh, yeah. Some of like more recent lists are running Karn the Great Creator. That's wild. Yeah, it it is not okay. So not all of them, but it's kind of scary. Where you just like, all right, now it's Karn, and you just have this package, more virtual copies of Witches Oven and the Sack Deck, which is not everyone's favorite. I think this, like specifically, this one has uh, six artifacts, so not like a full like Etron thirteen artifact list, but it's running seven seven is. An additional Onicult Anvil and Bolus of Citadel. So eight. Okay, that number keeps rising. But it has a, quite a few <laughs> artifacts. <laughs> it's Twelve. That, yeah. <laughs> color, uh, color, or, uh, artifacts with uh, mana symbols are a little bit tougher to, to kind of read. But <laughs> um, I guess, like, it's, you know, if, if Jun Sack is good, then so is Card's Great Creator, just to turn off. Uh, which your opponent's witches up and stuff like that, so it kind of, kind of makes sense. Yeah, and also just like the the uh, blue white and soul deck, it turns off a lot of cards like the water, uh, water staff, the ginger brute abilities, um, just stuff like that. Oh, the land <laughs> it is a stone rain too, uh, for some of the mana base too. Um, oh really? But, oh yeah, because they have the uh, dark dark steel citadel, and you just it is a stone rain while cards down there. Uh, but we're gonna go ahead and move on to to the next deck. This is a black white auras, and this was the this was the light. This, so this the big one is obviously light Paul's emperor's voice, where we've seen uh, or this is what I was really high like higher than most about this card. 
I was specifically mostly talking about Vogels uh, and how it may slot into that deck, but here it actually seems a lot better in this kind of lower powered format where uh, there's 23, or I'm sorry, 19. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a specific list. And all the lists I'm using as a reference, they'll be in the show notes too. So if you want to kind of follow along and just kind of absorb it as well, uh, check the show notes and uh, I'll show you the list. And these are from like the more recent challenges and stuff like that. Um, it has like 19 enchantments that you can put on creatures and light paws obviously triggers and you just light paw gets something too well yeah light paw puts something on something too it doesn't have to put it on itself no it, it attaches to light oh no yeah it does attach to life on that right yeah right right um and and i so I, i'm pretty glad to see this one i thought this card was actually really really strong it's, and in this in this deck it seemed really really good and yeah, it has also Shram, which is a very, very strong card as well. Uh, and all sorts of good stuff. And this is also like, uh, a lot of this was actually just in the uh, Challenger deck. So if this seemed interesting to you, you can just pick it up and be almost there. Like you just need to upgrade the mana base a little bit. You have to get uh, four Light Paws and I think that's it. I mean, or you're very freaking close. Oh, and thought seizes. I don't know if that's in the. I don't, I don't think. think I don't yeah, know there's no way that. The it, deck, yeah, yeah. Th- thought seizes cost more than the the actual deck. Okay. Uh, yeah, grab thought seizes too. But that, but this one was really cool too. To you know, kind of. Uh, just wanted to point out how correct I am. So that's it. Definitely had to bring it up. Uh, the last one, this one we talked briefly last time, uh, was the Abs and Grease thing that was by Todd Anderson, the one that he brewed, put together, and it was a cool deck. It basically uses a Grease Fang into Parhelion combo, where Grease Fang has the, uh, basically at the beginning of combat, it could just reanimate a vehicle. And it's a four-power creature, so it could crew Parhelion by itself. Give it haste and let Parhelion attack, which is a 5-5 five, five flyer that creates two 4-4 four, four flyers. And there's a, there's like a paragraph of text. I'm not going to go through it all. Um, so that's kind of the combo. And initially it was absent. And in this one, it is an Esper build. Uh, so it has the it's running the Faithful Mendings instead of the Grizzly Salvage and Seder Wayfinder. And also running Collective Brutality as kind of a pitch spell. And another card that I didn't think about, it's actually also in Kamigawa, but I fondly remember it from the uh, Bluetron days. It's running up some thirst for knowledge, so it's just very easy to just... Uh, which is draw three, discard two, unless you pitch an artifact card. So you just draw three, like, oh, Parhelion, I'm going to discard that. And that's just a very, very good draw spell if there's an artifact you want to pitch. A very, very strong synergy here. And Cole, it's also running four card great creator too as well. I know. But it, this, it's so, yeah, it's so cool, Cole. It's very cool. I like it. You know, I always said Karn the Great Creator was amazing, and I'm glad he's seeing the love. 
But he's 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 seen the love since he came out. Right. It's funny. I I was kind of like watching uh unrelated to Pioneer. I was watching uh uh Epaluche play uh, a Karn build of Amy the Titan. You know my deck. And I still I I have a little sus on it still, but it it looked really cool. It was really cool to see Golos. It's it's also cool to see my buddy in his you know basically Tron and historic. This card minus get a sick artifact. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a it is a good card. Um, I don't remember if I was what my initial opinion of the card was. For what card? I think, yeah, of Karn, yeah, of Karn yeah. the Great Creator. But I think like Magic Reddit immediately was said, "Oh yeah, with a uh, lattice, that's good," and then it became a staple in. Or decks were built around that, like the green white Eldrazi from the SCG days, and like Etron, Tron, and uh, like Red Prison had it, Amulet Titan had it. The the green uh, ramp deck thing that ran Leyline of Abundance at the time. Oh, Devotion. Yeah, they played Karn because you played Lattice. True. As a uh, win condition, so I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, I played. I was like one of the few people that ever played Green Devotion. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, just, uh, man, I miss that deck. I was looking at a yeah, tr- true story. I was looking at uh, uh, what was it? G- it's Genesis Hydra. Yeah. Yeah the the X Green Green card. That yes. card is yeah. If you have a shitload of mana, man, that card's so cool. Uncountable trigger is the best. Well, I mean, it, you know what is bizarre? Uh, is that Stifle is like legal and historic, which I've, I just, every time it comes up, you never think it co- would come up, right? But right. it just randomly just comes up that, that you just get stifled and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's never like, oh, stifled, good job. And you're like, what? That, that ruins everything. I didn't know it was uh, historically cool. Yeah, you'd never know. <laughs> well, we get Tails in. That's actually just just really good in in modern. What's one more mana? It's basically nothing. What's one more mana? <laughs> you know, yesterday I played against a... Uh, I meant to say this. I, mean, I played against a Lutri deck, and I remember that Lutri existed as a companion. Oh, yeah. I bet, bet a lot of people don't. <laughs> I mean, you were the one of the very few people who tried it uh, back in the day, too. I did. I I really wanted Lutri to be good, goddammit. I was like, come on, Lutri, buddy. <laughs> and then they were like, all right, companion rule changed. And I was like, never mind, Lutri, you are terrible. <laughs> I was like, almost literally unplayable. But isn't Lutri, like, among the cheaper, like, like, copy spells on a creature with Flash? Yeah. So that's that's cool. Like I th- I thought at the time where I think the fir- some of the first lists I saw were um for for Lutri were actually a lot of them were just like main deck a few copies and you just try to cheat that way. That may be the a good way to do it now or just ignore the companion text and just like play it as a creature. Fair fairly? 
Fairly, yeah. <laughs> Some quotation marks around the word fairly. But you just like play it in the, in the main 60. Yeah, people, people were doing that. But I mean, also just like copying spells isn't even really that great. Yeah. So that's actually, uh, that's all I had for Pioneer. I think Pioneer is like even more popular than we talked about last week. And it's, it's fun to see. It's fun yeah, to see and, like uh, these decks. Saffron Olive shared his, uh, his fear about, uh, about if they brought it to Arena. I so can you tell us about that? I, I didn't watch it. Well, yet, I didn't. But I didn't I, watch it. I just saw that he posted about it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So uh, that will be our homework. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I saw that he posted about it, and I mean, it, it's probably not bad. It's probably justified because I mean, I I wouldn't know what wizards would try to do to the poor format. I mean, kind of like look at historic and like how often they kind of randomly change things and. I don't know. I don't know how much a lot of changing they could do to Pioneer. I guess. I kind of feel like, um, well, I think when his like the early days of Historic, it wasn't considered like a very competitive format. And as soon as it became like a, uh, I guess like I don't, it was always a real format, but like a format that was that some of the best players in the world focused on that it just got a lot better or I don't, or it got the, the deck got a lot better and I guess the format got better too. Yeah. Like, it, like, well, that depends on your opinion, of course, but I think that was kind of a fear at the time was, well, if the pro players do it, then they're just going to point out the best deck. And then what, I don't know. I, I didn't quite buy into that, but I know that was kind of something that was discussed where it was like, Kind of like kitchen table magic. It's like, do you want to like bring your mono green Tron to like the kitchen table with like people who just like don't pay attention to magic but know how to play? It's like that's that that could be a bad time. Yeah. So that's what I was kind of. That's that's where my head went was is that going to happen? Where like all of a sudden this deck where I could win about half my games in historic and now good players or better players are playing it and now my deck sucks like i didn't i didn't know if that's what would happen but i i don't i don't think i don't really care too much but i thought it was i thought it would have been fine i don't know i i feel like historic has random power issues but i mean also like the best deck in historic is phoenix and phoenix always feels pretty unfair sometimes you know yeah like phoenix has always kind of had that whole thing around it where it's like all right i'm doing you know everything i can and then they're like all right i get back three three twos that fly and it's like oh but what what phoenix is kind of the best deck when looting was around phoenix was always the best deck in modern I yeah and like. it felt unfair then i'm not i'm not saying it was okay, better okay. okay i know I was, I was more so asking like was it also unfair because i guess like tron had four relics at the time and there was like a lot more respect I guess for that deck at the time. That oh, definitely, that. yeah, by yeah. miles. Cool. Well, let's. Uh, I guess you go over. You want to go over modern? I just have a few decks I want to go over. Yeah, we can go over modern. All right. So the first one is just uh, this one's pilot. Or I saw a lot of aspiring spike played this. You know, you know, <laughs> take a shot because we said aspiring spike on the podcast. Um. He's he has built 
a, a pretty good like blue white. I don't know what to call it affinity. It's called it's titled affinity, but it's just like blue white artifacts. It's a Urza, it's a fair Urza deck that just has card draw, Stoneforge Mystic, uh, and just like a suite of artifacts. Uh, that basically uh, the win con is basically those constructs from Urza, uh, Thought Monitor, Nettlesis, Shadow Sphere, just kind of any combination of those. Uh, a lot of mana like rocks, as in like the the new Moonsnare prototype and the Springleaf Drum, and even um, I guess it's just mostly those, and just Esper Sentinel, which it can accumulate card advantage as well. But that, it seemed pretty, pretty strong. There's not, and it has a, like, just a, like the, um, well, I guess it has Aether Spellbomb. It's, that's, I feel like that's its interaction is, uh, if you have a creature that's too good, then I'm going to bounce it. Um, but just kind of plan A seems pretty strong where you just like, you have your Urza Saga, which if you play it, Optimally, you'll have two constructs coming from that, and just just kind of a lot, a lot going on. Um, but this one was really cool to see. He's been doing really well. I think like his Twitch stream really likes to see him play the deck, and it's it it seems just it just seems so strong. Yeah. All thanks to Moon Snare Prototype, baby. Good card. Yeah. Did we talk about that last week or yeah, last? Was, what, yeah. Yeah. That's one thing we did, or I felt like maybe we didn't highlight enough was like the channel ability on it. That's something I kind of missed, or not missed, but just kind of forgot about. But it's like five mana, put a non land on top or bottom. I was like, that's that's pretty pretty good. Like it's not, it's a, it's still a good draw in the mid game because it's, you know, if you. It's like Aether Vial, it sucks to draw it like it's your third draw step and Spring Lift Drum, it's not great. But, but this has text and that's cool. Yeah, this 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 deck looks looks really, really good. The last uh, deck, and I didn't have it pulled up because I'm an idiot, is uh, basically just blue-white control. Um, a lot of blue-white decks that seem to have gotten better, that color pair. Uh, but it seems like they got a lot better, and a lot of it is just the Wandering Emperor, and we're still even seeing a lot of the march of Exile, your your stuff. I don't have the name in front of me. Which are you talking about the white march or? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was yeah the white march. I was looking looking for the deck. Yeah, it's like specifically uh, Wafo Tapa. Uh, recently, in the five O deck dump. He played. Um, he's actually running Snapcaster Mage, and uh, so no Kahira, and uh, yeah, three marches, a singleton, Wandering Emperor. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting. I've seen this a lot, and even kind of locally in my uh, one of my friend groups is is they're pretty control heavy over there. Is uh, they'll play 
a single uh they'll, they'll splash green just for uh Vela summer it's oh, just really it's it's so crazy like it like we obviously know how good veil of summer is but yeah they're they're splashing just for that one card god i wish yeah so i i, I believe it is just the one uh breeding pool that they run you know it's not not too hard to just you don't need green green for endurance or anything like that you just you just need the first copy um <laughs> So I guess like if you're in a control mirror and they fetch for the breeding pool and you have spreading seas post board, yeah, there's the target. <laughs> but then they'll just veil summer and you just feel like an idiot. <laughs> good old, good old veil. Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of looking at the league. I didn't see too much more other than like the kind of the like Baseju and Ottawara, the blue and green channel lands, and then kind of the others just kind of littered throughout. But uh, it's it's kind of cool to see. Uh, yet another high impact set that's affecting f- multiple formats especially like modern you don't you don't really get that too often yeah you let me take that back before uro and oko you didn't get that very often you you would sometimes get the arc like phoenix that was like the first one where it's like all of a sudden that was the best deck but recently it's like standard decks have been kind of pretty pretty good you know what's crazy? Phoenix wasn't ever good in standard, right? I don't remember. No, was. no, it wasn't. I don't think it was ever good. I don't think they had anything. Is what what one of those weird cards like the um? Oh my god, I'm blanking on the name. The red enchantment that's in the one I play all the time in Twiddlestorm. Oh, oh, the storm one. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It got banned to Pioneer, uh, and I think it got restricted in Vintage. Restricting vintage, it it's it's modern legal, and you know that kind of card can't be good in standard, and it was like never saw any play. But it's just kind of funny how that kind of works. Well, like I some mean, cards are just like built for these other formats. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like it's literally their home. Like Moonstamp prototype, you know, there's not going to be a lot of good artifacts in most standard sets, but in Pioneer and Modern, there's a a shell of much better cards that allow you to do stuff like that. Yeah, some cards are just printed for eternal formats. Right. So that's that's actually all I had for uh, for Pioneer Modern. I I think it's just yeah. Once again, I just think it's very cool to see such a high impact set. Oh no, I you, agree. Yeah, but like I'm I'm very happy with Kamigawa. Yeah. And oh, we did get a uh, new previews. We they confirmed that the new Triumphs are going to be released. Uh, our, our first spoilers for New Campania. Right. What thing... was it even a day old? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, one thing that kind of uh, what oh one thing that really made me mad was um, that they didn't call them triomes. They didn't even like stick with the na- same name of these cards. Like you What'd know, they, they they just all have five completely unique names. Oh well, yeah, because it's a city. Still, still, the fact that they did. Like the, to me, there's just gonna be the the there's just gonna be tri- other, more triumphs. Well, then that's like, fine. That's what you can call them. Well, that's I, you'll just be wrong. I I know I'll be wrong. Like I'm gonna like when I'm fetching, I'm gonna, all right, I'm gonna fetch for the Esper Triome or something like and that. Then I'll be like, no, you say what it's called. <laughs> that's all right, gang. I'll keep him alive. Don't worry. Oh my god. Oh my god. I no, I just right, wish you gotta be lore accurate. God damn it. <sighs> No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and then I think the only other spoiler we got besides the cool lands is the uh, that the new uh, what was it an ascendancy right? It, yeah, it was the ascendancy. It was in the band colors. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Um, yeah, I, I did was... not read it. I saw ascendancy and I saw his band. I was like, oh, this card sucks. And you were right. It is I'm still looking for it. I, I shared all the cards because they also gave us the. Uh, the kind of uh, magic-ified uh, cards from the uh, Stranger Things secret lair. They made, well, yeah, but those are promos. Yeah, they're pro- yeah. I was just kind of like digging through those too, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I thought that was pretty cool though. Yeah, a and lot I think they complained about it. And they're gonna do that more. And they're on. The, they said they're on the list. It, it, it's not relevant to 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 uh, architecture formats, but it's kind of cool. Brokers ascendancy. Here we go. Uh, for green, white, blue. So. Uh, the three colors of Bant. At the beginning of your instep, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. That's fine. That's it. I, I don't... That's not like the worst thing ever. No, but it's... Like, my first thought, and, and we and Cole, we talked about this off-cast, was what, what... I was thinking about planeswalker loyalties. Which one will... And was like two turns away from having a high impact ultimate ability that now is just the following turn. Because that's what that's to me, that's kind of what I'm interested in. To me, I'm more interested in the anthem to create counters on, yeah, okay. Like, because, like, I think planeswalkers and decks like that, anyways, aren't like great. Like, I guess there's the omniscience Tamio, right? That's actually banned. True. I think she ultimates in two turns. Well, yeah, both. Because this just feels like a commander card, right? And you're not going to be like, oh, this this ability I want. I I need both counters and loyalty counters. Like you're not going to need both. Like you're going to build your deck that cares about half of these abilities. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would yeah. guess, unless it's commander. Those are you know those are different rules. Period. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a different world. It's not even the right. same game it's not a lot more politics and just like yeah yeah i didn't quite i was looking i was actually looking at like some creatures with plus one plus one counters and say what i mean to, to me it's just a it's just a three color anthem that that has like other text like you're gonna be in like some creature deck or something and you're just gonna be like all right time to go wide and then so i i i'm gonna go over a few cards that i found because i actually made a list I don't even know we we're gonna talk about this, but I was like sharing it with a friend. I was like, "How do how do we how do we do this? Like, what what cards are good?" Uh, the first one is a Simic Ascendancy. This is from uh, Rivals. Uh, yeah, oh it's God. the yeah the cheaty one. Yeah, blue. Yeah, it's blue green, and you pay one blue green to put a plus. It's an enchantment. You put white or one blue green. Put a one-one counter on target creature. Whenever one or more counters are put on a creature, put that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. And if you have twenty or more at the beginning of your upkeep, uh, if you have twenty or more growth counters on this card, you win the game. So I, it's pretty bad because um, you need a lot of plus one plus one counters to be littered across your board. And aren't you just winning the game if that's happening anyway? I don't know. And then uh, from the same set, Growth Chamber Guardian, that has the adaptive. When one, uh, one or more, ca- one 
or more counters are put on this creature, you may search your library for another of this card reveal and then put it in your hand. Uh, and then there was an MH2 card when one or more plus one plus one counters are put on her Bailoff, create a 4 4 beast. I was like, that's kind of cool. And shark to crab. This I feel like this this podcast is derailing, so I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think it's fine. The shark to crab is when one more counter one 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 when one more plus one plus one counters are put on shark to crab, tap a creature opponent controls and it's it uh, keeps it tapped for the following turn. That's kind of cool. And a hydra, um, whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on another non hydra creature, put a counter on. It's the Wildwood Scourge. is the M21 card. Accent in green for a 0-0 that enters with X plus 1 plus 1 counters. So I was I was digging kind of deep on this. Um, and there may be something trivial that I missed, but... Probably. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it, it, usually that's how it works. It's like, oh, here are these bad combos. And then someone's like, oh, here's uh, Thalid our Guardian and Saheeli Ride. That's the combo. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's that's better than mine. But now that we derailed the one card that they gave us, uh, <laughs> uh, one non-land card that they gave us, uh, I, I like these this these combos I I mentioned. They are very very poor. No, yes, by miles. Yeah. yeah okay. Thank, thanks, Cole. Thanks for kicking me while I'm down. Oh no, you're good. I just got to keep you there. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I think you wanted to talk about uh, Luris. Yeah, let's let's talk about um, let's talk about your favorite thing of all time. Uh, hold on, yeah, I need a drink. <sighs> He's actually getting alcohol, gang. No, I. <laughs> if anyone knows me, they know I don't drink alcohol. It's water. I want uh, this to be known before he goes off. I I want this to be known that he had him and I had talked about this prior to this. And uh, he definitely started to agree that uh, that uh, all the companions should be banned. No, God, no, <laughs> Cole, no. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. You know what? So here's the problem with banning the companion mechanic. You're not just. You would have to the the way only way they would do it is they would do it across. They would have to do it across every format that it's legal. So they would ban it in Pioneer, they would ban it in Modern, they would ban it in Legacy, and Vintage, and Commander. They would have to hit Commander too. So on top of that already looking horrible, we're talking about changing the rules of 50, like individually 50 cards across those formats. Or, and by 50, I mean like those same 10 cards in those five formats, so... It's actually like 45-ish because of some are already banned in some formats and stuff like that. But they're just not going to do that. When the problem, let me get the mic closer, is just Loris. That's the only problem. It's been the only problem this whole time. In Pioneer, there's basically nothing. There's a few sometimes. In Modern, it's just it's Loris that's all over the place. Like, if we want to talk about a problem in modern, it's going to be Luris. It's not going to be the companion mechanic. It's just Luris. And I don't want to have our discussion about the other ones. They're, compared to Luris, they're shit. 
and <laughs> that's that's just it. The problem, and you know, I talked about this call off cast. Companions in in theory, I thought they were really cool because you just like reveal to your opponent, hey, I'm playing this niche deck like Karuga, where it says I'm only playing big creatures, and when I cat when I when he enters, I draw cards ba- based on more big things I have. So you're like showing your opponent, okay, well I'm playing a big big things deck or whatever. The problem with Luris is my companion says I'm only playing very good cards in the deck. <laughs> There's no like, oh, I had to, you know, cut some corners and get there, but I did. I got a Luris deck. It's like, no, I'm already playing the best fucking cards in the deck. And now I get to play this other really good card. And it's always there. That's the problem. Like Yorian, it, it like Yorian is like your your deck is less consistent because it's bigger, but it's actually not that bad of a downside. Gigantha, you know the ability of Gigantha? It's tap at five mana. You get to use one of it. That's the ability. <laughs> <laughs> and Obosh says my main deck is a lot worse, but sometimes I'm okay. Like they all suck. Here is good because it's white and you can pitch it to solitude. And in elementals, it's pretty. It's a pretty strong lord. So I agree with everything he said. I I definitely agree. I think it's time for Luris to go. I haven't really touched modern in a while. I've been playing a lot more arena lately, um, just because that's just what I've had access to. Um, and you know, companions aren't really as big. Um, as big there. Right. Oh, yeah, it, it would have to hit Historic, too. I totally missed that. But, yeah, it hits Historic. 60 cards. Okay, I'm done. I'm done talking. But, uh, yeah, I think it's it's Lurus' time to go. But that, that's where I'm going to leave that. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and, it, you know, we are in a wary bandit in Legacy. I almost forgot about it. Um, but I think that was, that was banned before the Companion change was in effect. But they... Are just like nah, it's it's just good to be illegal. Vintage, no, vintage got unbanned. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. I don't keep up anymore. <laughs> well, vintage is just like I could buy a house or I could buy a vintage deck. That's just the two options, and I. Yeah, I'm way too late on vintage, and I'm way too late on legacy too. Those, I mean that. If you don't just already own the cards, it is heavy to get in. And it's just, like, too much. But, yeah, to me, it's just, like, why are we having a discussion about companion the companion mechanic when it's just one card in every format? It's just one card in one format. That is the problem. But that still, that being said, like, Modern's still fun, and it's really good. No, I agree. I just think that, I, I think the shakeup would be totally fine opinion that's where i'm at like, like the shit getting just getting rid of it yeah just just getting rid of them i think a lot of the decks in the format are are really good uh and some are just overly good though yeah i think I, I may have said this before but one thing that i always think about when banning a card is kind of like the um the trust, I, I guess, like the trust of the community in Wizards of the Coast when that happens. Like, 
to me, I, I I always thought of like we should always consider like the yeah forget the spike player because they're just kind of uh, they'll always have some deck they'll always have what they think is the best deck, but kind of consider the person who might only like the kid who just has like the one deck, and what happens if we ban his deck or ban a card that makes his deck but well, see the thing about banning glorious is i don't think it really like would kill decks uh no i agree i i agree i don't like, we... I, like i feel like the luris ban would just make decks that played luris a lot worse or not a lot worse honestly probably just like a little worse like i definitely think that shadow would just go back to running street wraith oh i agree i and i think luris like like we we've seen hammer decks that don't include luris because they want nettle sis more and that's definitely well, so like analysis or analysis like, and uh, other uh, Caldra slash bat, uh, batter skull for the aggro matchups. Like, yeah, like it, it's not like Luris is like it. I do think the format would take an interesting hit if Luris got banned, but you know, I, yeah. I don't think they're going to ban him for for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, I th- I, I think, think the, almost... I think the whole community would have to outrage enough that Wizards would have to be like, all right, fine, shut the hell up. Hey, we, you know, the Reddit online community cyberbullied the creators of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie to give him bigger eyes, and it worked. So we could cyberbully again. Well, I mean, it was more than just get bigger eyes, but yeah, I get, I get you. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and, and you know, the uh, they did the, the, you know, we talked about the Popper uh, community who... They they joined the tournament and said, "All right, we're registering basic lands as a protest." Yeah, they, and... they stood up for you know. I definitely think that if the if people care enough to get Luris out of the format, then like I definitely think they could. Yeah. So. I, I yeah, and I remember when we talked about Luris, we were it, we said it'll be Luris or nothing, and. To me, I just thought at the time, I still do, is like it would just be a net positive on the format for us to not have him legal. Yeah, I, I don't think the format would take that big of a hit, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I think I think more decks would be I think you could play more decks in the format. And, you know Yeah. Like I, I think that I don't I don't know, I don't play currently enough to really know, but like I feel like the format would be a little bit Flores, you know, went bye bye. Right. I remember. Yeah, I was talking to a buddy, and we were looking at previews. Like, oh, this card's good. It, I could see it go in a in a in an aggro deck. And I said, well, it costs three mana, so it just it, it just fails the test. Yeah, like, like if you're in all these different decks, like keep, like yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Go, go, Luris. Never, never seems to leave our lips in that wild. <laughs> like you know. I, I kind of thought about it after our last episode. I kind of like all of our other episodes. I was just kind of thinking. I was like, I was like, man, we we lately talked about Lurus quite a lot, and I, I don't even play modern right now. But like, I kind of like looked at it when I had the chance, and I mean, yeah, like he he literally is just kind of all over the format. The something that came up, I I want to say it was last week. Last weekend's uh, challenge result had five five of the top eight were Lurus decks. Like four Grixis Shadow, which were one through four. I even think fifth was uh, Boros Prowess, which was Luris deck, and then three other uh, decks. One of them being a companion deck, I think. 
but some people were like sharing or like looking at this and say, look, this is proof that Luris is too good or whatever. So, and, and we talked about this a little bit um, outside of uh, the podcast and, you know, cause Brent brought that up and he was like, Oh, you know, whatever people do this all the time. And I was like, well, I think, you know, Luris has always been a big part of top eights, but because we were so like, Oh, you know, Luris is free. It's fine. It's whatever at the time. Nobody really cared that that you know Lurs could have been eight of the top eight, you know, or what have you. Like people were kind of like, "Oh, this is just the world we live in. It's a free card, you know." Blah blah blah. Whatever. If you run it, you run it. But now that people are kind of like seeing that Lurs is slash, you know, can be this annoying problem that that's just really hard to deal with, you know. People are kind of like, oh man, you know, actually, hold on, this card really is a lot of this format, and I think we should finally kind of do something about it. To me, I'm still the same. I, you know, if you were to ask me today, like, what my opinion was, I'd probably still be the same. Like, ban or, un- ban or no bandler, it's like, I think the format's fine. Um, I do think, though, that if Luris were to be banned, it probably would just be a positive on the format versus sometimes banning a card is a negative or has like a negative connotation that can happen behind it right like, like you said like hurting other decks that don't need to be hurt or little timmy bought bogles and they banned daybreak cornet now he can't play bogles like oh like opal like there was all like you i was used to always say like oh kci's banned but opal's always a good like a card you yeah, always yeah, count yeah, yeah. on that being around then opal got banned eventually and that was and, and also to, to, to that to that um to that same degree uh it was like the whole uh like the guy at the the story I told you when I when I date to GP Austin right uh the guy that was like oh man you know I play uh what was it Cheerios and you know the you know Oko is legal in this format oh man Oko is so damn hardcore you know they're gonna ban him it's like oh you know don't worry they won't touch uh opal you know they'll just probably yeah. ban oko and even at the time i remember saying urza um, yeah different times i mean I, I still think urza's stupid strong yeah i'll probably never say that card's not strong but no no yeah but uh definitely yeah definitely like different times it's like if you try to look at Luris now and it's like where, where this card's not real yeah yeah so it was just 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 so wild to me <laughs> yeah i thought it was funny uh it was on the uh the rants podcast they talked about you know Luris, they added three to the mana cost and it's still way too good <laughs> yeah like i don't think the format is so the format's so value-based like that that's how i feel about modern right now it's like the format is uh so like two for one centric and then yeah. you have a literal card that's like, all right, man, you know, we're in this late game scenario. Man, we're really grinding it out here. Oh, look at me. I'm now drawing three cards a turn. Or, oh, look at me. I just got back a 6-6 six, six, or, you know. And then, like, Hooligan's Command is, like, such a good example of that kind of thing. Because it's like, all right, you killed Luris. Well, I'll just get it back. And then, right. You know, I'll get it back, make you discard a card, play Luris. You know, and then kind of do what I was doing anyways and right like it's just a fight in the format to have Luris 
uh, be your your finisher, oddly enough. Yeah. But yeah, that's that, that's my that's my two cents about it. Yeah. I, like I said, if Lurs got banned, I wouldn't be upset. If Lurs didn't get banned, um, you know, I would I would I'd be okay. And and it may um, we may see like over the next. Like if Lurus keep continues to like make five or six copies in the top eight or something like that on these bigger challenge or big events, then maybe that will be a little bit more. As Pioneer, it was like they didn't they kept inverter this whole time or for as long as they did because they said the win rate was like forty nine percent. So it was kinda of hard to justify it, but I also think the other thing is like it's a little weird with Lurus because it's like you know, with with Hogak it was like, Alright, this card's like 30 copies in the top whatever. Right. Because it's, you know, you're playing as a four of, and it's just weird because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, there's five in the top eight, and it's like, oh, okay, well, that doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. But really, that's five whole-ass decks in the top eight that are a Luris deck. Yeah. Gosh, I, remember, I remember Hogak was on the like, side t- tangent, was in the, that was a pro tour where Hogak was just dominating like a horrible time to have a modern pro tour with Hogak. And they interviewed like, Oh, what do you do in a, what do you do to help in the mirror match? And he said, I just play Hogak first. Yeah, like, there's, no, dude, there's I, nothing I'm else. I'm so glad in my do. time of playing Hogak and day doing that. I never had to play that fucking mirror. I'm so happy. Yeah. It was like, uh, like whatever that fucking, what's the enchantment? Rich from below has like no text that for in that matchup. Cause it's like, <laughs> right. all right, sack trigger on the stack. And it's like, shit yeah it's really just whoever plays their 8-8 first and hopefully you can race them fast enough or like you can get a turn where you can like uber mill them yeah like it's whoever mills out first i think i was watching sam black and carmen handy play at the feature match and like turn zero ley line uh that was sam black and carmen and their upkeep said all right force of vigor kill i was like that's the world we're living in that's this just happened. It may have been post-war, but it was just like it was just so funny to kind of see that. Ugh. Yeah, I sat. I was playing against Infect. I miraculously won. Yeah. Uh, but I sat next to the mirror round one of uh, GP Dallas. I was playing Hogak, and I was like, <laughs> and I watched the whole thing, and they both looked fucking miserable. Like they looked like they didn't want to be a part of it. Like they were like, "Why am I here?" Right. You know, and I talked to them afterwards because they were like, how'd you be infect? I was like, how'd you play the mirror? I would have just went home. <laughs> it's like, I, mirrors looks awful. And, it, yeah. and to this day, I think it's one of the worst mirrors out there. Like, yeah. a lot of people I, talk about the Tron mirror being like, who got Karn first? Like, even even in the Hogak mirror, like, getting Hogak first is... I feel like a lot of... Maybe it's because I played Degen decks like Tron and Amulet, but, like, mirror matches, I feel like they often are pretty pretty, pretty sucky. Yeah, I mean, but that that's just how mirrors are because it kind of comes down to less... Like, you can play Tron and you're just lucky and then, like, the mirror comes down to harder version of being lucky. Because, like, in Tron, yeah. you could be like, alright, man, I don't get turn 3 Tron, but I'll get turn 4 Tron, you know? And then, like, you play the mirror and it's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm bowling to 3 because I have to. Because, like, right. whoever gets, like, Karn liberated first or little Karn first, you know? Because, like, I played the Yawkmoth Mirror, and that was kind of annoying, but it wasn't that bad. It just kind of, you both kind of beat each other up. Yeah. I feel like, like, Shadow might be, I always thought Shadow Mirrors were kind of interesting, because it was, It's like, really removal-centric. 
I right. mean, it was back then. I don't know if it still is now. But like... Well, yeah, it's like now, like Fatal Push is like not a card in modern, strangely enough. And well, it doesn't kill Stormwing entities or right fucking Merktide Regnants. <laughs> like I can't know? pay. I can't play one mana to kill anything I want. It's so it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and then like and oddly enough, because when that card got printed, people thought Modern was a dead format. One yeah, mana, oh, yeah. one mana push a goif was like the craziest idea ever. <laughs> People were like, "How the hell can you print this card?" I was on Infect at the time. I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Why did you do this?" Because <laughs> like Infect, you're like, "Yeah, damage removal, like that's easy. I can just pump out of that." But it's like, "Oh, you're printing one mana destroy target creature." Okay, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, like what the fuck, wizards. And then that card, like, super affected the format at the beginning, made Shadow a lot better because it was more efficient. Judd was better. And then humans even still th- went through it because it just went so wide. Golly, humans. What a dead deck. <laughs> what a powerhouse of its time and not even a deck anymore. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Like, it, in every set, they're going to print a fair amount of humans and it's they're not good enough it's too bad what are, what are, yeah you know i'm, I'm kind of paused because i'm just thinking of like what the format was beforehand you know in the before times yeah i miss it <laughs> every day i don't know i mean they're there i say that but like i mean there were like i hated phoenix i hated humans because i was on ad nauseum you know like there a lot of people always talk about their favorite modern time and that was because they were playing probably like the best deck of the because like i i always say i love the hogak time but that's because i played hogak <laughs> so like i'm biased but like i you know i think my favorite modern time that i thought the format was super fair was when i was playing through the breach honestly so it's just just pre mh2 yeah like that felt like the format was super open yeah it everything changed after with mh2 yeah unfortunately like for me, like honestly, mono green devotion, like playing that was that or just mono green. Pond. I'm a yeah, I'm, apparently I'm a green mage, but like green pawns is like a deck I liked playing a lot, which basically is just like a great creator deck. It's like prison, um, and it has some land destruction on the way. And Trinisphere is kind of the lock piece. Yeah, but like everybody has a pet deck, and I always thought that deck was cool and like. I don't know. It, it's just it's interesting because like you could you used to be able to go like all right man I can take this deck to my locals and probably like do pretty decent with it. Now it's like man shit. You probably get your ass kicked. Because <laughs> modern like even the worst decks have to be like tier two really. That's how the format is now. It's so damn efficient. I mean like unholy heat literally is one of the best red removal spells they've ever printed and. wild darcy yeah i could you know i still have uh those those decks put together i just couldn't say if you have a fury i'm just gonna concede the match like right away but yeah and uh, fury like blows out planeswalkers yeah but yeah um, that, that's it that's it for me so one what in story so i i forgot what i was doing oh i went to my fridge today this is not related to magic all right uh but it's fun it's i thought i was just it was wild that it happened. I like closed the fridge door because I think I'm getting, oh, because I'm 
want to get a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. And I have a I have a two liter of root beer on my fridge. And apparently it was a little too close. I closed the fridge door to like take step like three steps leaving my kitchen. And I swear an explosion goes off. The the two liter like falls right on its like butt and just explodes out the top. All the way to the like, my ceiling, which is probably like I don't think I could reach it by jump, so it might be like ten feet high. <laughs> and it's like all over the ceiling, on the fridge, on the cabinets. And it like blasted me in the back and like shot over me a little bit onto like the table and the in the following room. It was insane. And I immediately like took care of it and the kitties were kind of I have two cats and they were scared. Um, because a bomb went off basically. And man. That's it. I just wanted to tell a little end story of of, <laughs> of my the, bomb the floor going off. I, the floor is i haven't been, I haven't i went to the grocery store because i, I need to get uh, i have a swiffer mop and i apparently I, I didn't get one that it said mine was for hardwood floor and i bought that but it's actually like not wet and i need i need like a legit mop or the actual like wet part of it so i have to deal with that the floor is still sticky yeah I bought a candle too to just kind of like make it the room. It's, it smelled so much like root beer. It smelled kind of <laughs> nice, but man, that it was so annoying to deal with. That. Yeah, that's how I would have just given up. I would have just fallen over and cried. I think it was like thirty-five minutes. That I was just cleaning because it was you know it's on the ceiling, so I had to get like my bar stool and you know, slide it around. I had all my all my um, kitchen towels are like stench of barks root beer and it it was like a lot like i went i climbed up on the ceiling cleaned it off and like went down and looked up it's like oh i missed a section and like i would have just gotten a fetal position like i said now it would have been it for me i mean if we're talking about optimal plays that was it <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> legitimately I, I i wouldn't even have turned around i felt my back wet and like, been <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> it just kept going forward. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, I, like I would have, I, I, I would have the house on fire at that point. It would have been done. <laughs> been like, we're over. No, it it was fine. It was just like a lot of cleaning. It took a long time. I, ugh, it's fine. It's fine. And start flipping out. Deep breaths. Yeah, I, yeah, I, ch- I changed my shirt too. It got my arm. I didn't realize like how sticky my arms were, like my elbows. Oh. I, <laughs> so I took like a whore's bath to to get it cleaned. Up. <laughs> <sighs> I don't envy you. Yeah, it basically like, oh my god, it was everywhere. I took pictures. Maybe I'll put pictures. No, I'm not gonna put pictures in the show notes, but it was really funny. I'll send you pictures, Cole. Oh, you should definitely. <laughs> so I guess that, that that's all I got for this. Yeah, week, yeah. I guess, I, guess, I guess that's it for the episode. <laughs> that's what it seems like a, a good place as any to close out. I think that's a uh, phenomenal ending. Yeah. Oh, um, Cole. I think one final thing. I think Death Shadow is like the best deck. Oh, easily. I, 
It has to be, right? It's, I mean, it's like, it's the best Luris deck. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's just, to me, it's a little stressful, but I think, like, I was talking to some, some other, some of my other friends about, like, uh, matchups with Titan, and I was like, dude, if, if I, like, to me, it's like, you know me, I'm like a coward. I'm like, I just want to play, play Titan. But, like, Shadow's just so good. It like, is. that, that would be, like, I was, I was listening to House of Mana, um, on the Titan Discord, he said, if you could just optimally play Shadow, you should just do that. Like, forget Titan. He's always like that, though, but he just, like, it's so high on the on the Death Shadow deck. I mean, he has every right to be. It's a good deck. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's a deck that just kind of just keeps on going. Like, it just doesn't stop. You play big effective threats that are real cheap, and you just win. Yep. Yep, you just win. But I think that uh, I think I have nothing else, um, so I think I'm going to call it there. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and hope you enjoyed the root beer story. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs>